Here we go then. Welcome to Thursday's programme. Uh, with me, Richie Allen. It is the 12th of October, 2023. Five o'clock here in Salford. Thank you for joining me. As usual, I'd love to hear from you during the course of the next two hours. Drop a line to me via the app for the programme, the Richie Allen Show app, or richieallen.co.uk. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Now, Professor Kamel Hawash is a British, well, he's a British Palestinian academic and writer. He lectures at the University of Birmingham. I've seen him on television in recent days. I like him. I invited him on the programme and he's agreed to come on to talk to me. He'll be on with me in around about 30 minutes time. Professor Kamel Hawash, looking forward to that. Later on, the legendary publisher of the Trends Journal will be live from Kingston, New York. Gerald Salente returns to the Richie Allen Show. I've already said I'd like to hear from you. I know you'll have opinions. Do not be shy in sharing them with me. Thursday's programme. It's been a busy old week, hasn't it? A lot going on. Okay, let's just jump in then. The US Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has visited Israel and has vowed unending US support for the country. He says, I quote, you may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never, ever have to. He said that uh, how Israel defends itself matters, that's a quote, matters, and quote, it is so important to take every possible precaution to avoid harming civilians, end quote. Now, earlier today, Israel said the siege of Gaza would not end until Israeli hostages were released. The energy minister, Israel Katz, said, and I quote, no electrical switch will be turned on, no water hydrant will be opened, and no fuel truck will enter. That is, until all of the Israeli hostages are released. Here's a little bit of Tom Bateman's report for BBC News this afternoon. Tom Bateman then. With the region braced for even further escalation, Israel's troop build-up goes on, one of its biggest mobilizations ever. The army says it is readying itself for a ground invasion of Gaza, but there are no decisions about when. This morning, the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, arrived. The US is fully backing Israel, but trying to stop a wider flare-up in the Middle East. And Mr Blinken spoke with Israel's Prime Minister. Hamas is ISIS, and just as ISIS was crushed, so too will Hamas be crushed. And Hamas should be treated exactly the way ISIS was treated. They should be spit out from the community of nations. No leader should meet them. No country should harbor them. And those that do should be sanctioned. Netanyahu, um, I'm not sure that ISIS has been crushed, but if it has been, the lion's share of the applause should surely go to the Russian state and to Syria and Bashar al-Assad. But that's just me. 
Now, this afternoon, Israeli authorities published a photograph of what appears to be the body of a bloodied infant, and then other photographs were published with faces hidden, understandably, uh, photographs which appear to show very, very young infant um, children who would have been killed over the course of last Saturday or Sunday. Very little context, few details and no names, which I totally understand. Um, the Jerusalem Post, interestingly, is saying that local journalists are satisfied that photographs exist or, or that proof exists that some of these children were beheaded. Now, I don't want to keep going into this, what I said on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but for the final time, I, I fully accept that Hamas militants or terrorists or soldiers or whatever you want to call them burst into homes in southern Israel over the weekend and shot up those homes killing people indiscriminately and undoubtedly children were involved uh, excuse me were murdered in, in those shootings I have no problem with that whatsoever but I still take with a massive dose of salt the claims that the babies were beheaded and I've made my reasons clear on this program and on social media I would wouldn't trust the Jerusalem Post to tell me the truth in a room full of clocks Nobody has seen any evidence of this. Children were murdered, undoubtedly, over the last few days. And that is as bad as the murdering of any child in any other part of the world. I'm not going to continue saying that, because my record stands up. I've been doing this job many, many, many years. But the beheading thing, I still put it down to propaganda. That is my guess. I can't prove it. I put that down to what is going to happen, what is happening in Gaza now, and what will happen in Gaza in the coming days. It was what I put it down to, right? Those uh, stories, by the way, if you want to read them, mail online. I, I would use discretion, though, to be honest with you. Now, the Telegraph is reporting this afternoon that the Israeli army and the Israeli government has apologised to the people of Israel for failing to protect them on Saturday morning. The IDF chief of staff have said this. His name is Herzi Halevi. He said, we failed to maintain security around Gaza on Shabbat. The Israeli government, I'm reading the Telegraph, and intelligence services have been criticised for not anticipating and thwarting the attack. As the Telegraph says, Egyptian intelligence was reportedly given to Israel last week, which warned of Hamas terror plot. Now, a number of Israeli commentators, who you are not hearing on the BBC, but who are making themselves very loudly how can you make yourself loudly seen? But their presence is certainly uh, on, on social media. I'm going to name one such person. A woman who served in the IDF and whose name is Efrat Fenixen. Uh, Efrat Fenixen, uh, a Jewish Israeli woman who served in the IDF uh, and believes and makes a powerful argument, but, but, but can't prove it. It's just an argument that it, this could have been prevented and wasn't. If she's right... Why, why would that be the case? Why could something like the murders over the weekend be, be prevented and, and wasn't? Why, why would anybody not prevent it if they knew it was going to happen? I'm sure you'll have opinions on that, okay? I don't know is the answer. I have my suspicions, but I'll keep them to myself, uh, to myself even for now. Uh, the Richie Allen Show, Thursday's edition. So much to get through. Hospitals in Gaza, according to the Red Cross, risk turning into morgues without electricity. Right? Gaza's only power plant ran out of fuel yesterday. 
backup generators will not be working by this evening. They just won't be. Medical centres, according to the Red Cross, have been overwhelmed after Israel imposed the siege, the complete siege on Gaza, and has been pounding it with air and artillery strikes for the last couple of days. So it's an extraordinary thing happened this morning. If you extrapolate this out, because this is getting... I don't know if it's unprecedented coverage. Is it? Do you have a longer memory than I do? I mean, the siege of Gaza in 2014... Operation Protective Edge seemed to me at the time to get a fair whack of mainstream media coverage, but anything like this, do you think? So the world is talking about this right now today. Everybody's talking about it. And Rob Rinder, who's a television personality, isn't he, and presenter, he went on Good Morning Britain this morning to claim, an extraordinary claim really, that Jewish children go to school in the UK, London particularly, and parents don't know if they'll return home. Here's Rinder. It's personal for me, but it um, should be personal for um, every person, um, whoever you are, um, up and down uh, the country. This is, you know, my mum's sitting there saying she feels unsafe. There's less than um, 270,000 Jews um, in this country. And my nephew, kids as young as seven, are going to school today. And um, they do so under risk. Um, there's a chance that they're going to not come home. Sending your kids to school shouldn't be an act of courage. That's the life, the lived experience of Jewish kids um, just going to school, of shop owners um, mm. in London and in other cities. In London and in other cities. Do you have any sympathy with that point of view? Do you think Rob Rinder is right? Could it be true that Jewish people are genuinely scared of sending their children to school lest they not come home in the UK because of what has gone on in reasonable in sorry in, in recent days? Is that reasonable from Rob Rinder? Let's hear another little bit of it before we talk a little bit more about it. And we've got a lived memory of that, of what that means mm. not to be safe because of your religion, because of being Jewish. Um, and it's worth remembering that when you think about how you're going to respond today. And I also want to be mindful of this because it's so painful to watch. I was at a vigil outside Downing Street. Um, what happened at that vigil was that there was no chanting, no happiness. There was prayer for peace for every single human life, every single human life that has value. Um, be mindful of that is what I'd say before you post, before you think about responding, before you're thinking about the whataboutery. Mm. Um, whatever happens in the Middle East should have no impact on the safety of our communities. And it's your job, whoever you are, to stand um, alongside us because we need you uh, now more than ever. Stand alongside us, think about what you post, leave what about you at the door. Jewish kids um, are being told not to wear uh, the skull cap. I never, it's not me being disrespectful at all, I can never remember the... Um, Hebrew for for the skull cap, it'll come to me. Um, don't wear blazers that identify schools which are, you know, predominantly, attended predominantly by Jewish children. I think it's abominable myself. I think it's scaremongering. I think it's very, very damaging to children to do that when there's very little evidence that Jewish kids are in any way, in any danger at all, going to school in the UK, at least not on the scale they're suggesting. This is the most tolerant society on planet Earth. 
I mean, they, they, they love to tell us how homophobic, how transphobic, how racist, how unconsciously biased we are. We're being gaslighted morning, noon and night, but it's bollocks. This is the most tolerant society on planet Earth. Things may be said. There may be the odd flare-up, but this thing of we don't know if they'll come home, please, I'm putting that down to propaganda again. You know? And it's my opinion. That's all it is. I could be talking through my arse. Sure don't I often. But Rinder's a Zionist. They know what's coming. They know what's coming in the next few days, the next weeks. And I said last night, this could be getting a retaliation in early. The stories of beheaded babies. It's bad enough. I said it yesterday about the lampshades. It's bad enough to storm a house, shoot the whole place up and kill everybody, including infants. But when they start adding legs onto stories and Rinder saying that, you know, people are worried their kids might not come home. That is complete bollocks, that. In my opinion. In my opinion. And if you're a Jewish mum or dad and you happen to listen to this programme and you disagree with me, I will make room for you on this programme. You know this. You know, I'll get out of your way and you can tell me why I'm wrong. But this sounds like propaganda to me. That was a performance from Rinder, in my opinion. The time is coming up for 13 minutes past the hour. And this thing about whataboutery, nothing happens in isolation. It's your job as a journalist to try and put things in context. It's not whataboutery. You know, I didn't engage in whataboutery this week. I didn't. There's no point in it. You know, I, I, I don't believe in it. But you've got to put things in context. I, as a sovereign human being, as an Irishman of 48 years of age, I believe to my bone marrow that right, overall, historically, is with the Palestinian people. That is what I believe. That doesn't justify murdering men, women and babies. Of course it doesn't. Nothing happens in isolation. What I'm saying is, and it's very black and white and it might offend and might upset some, if Israel hadn't forced the Palestinians into slavery over the past 75 years, the Israeli government, successive Israeli governments, we would have never seen what happened last Saturday and Sunday. And I think that's a stone-cold fact. It's 14 minutes past the hour. Like I say, over and over again, if you're listening to this and you are yourself a Zionist, if you are not Zionist but you are Jewish and you disagree with it, all you've got to do is reach out and we will have a friendly, grown-up, even robust conversation about all of this. And I lay out what it is I believe and you lay out what it is you believe. Because they used to come on with me, Zionists. They couldn't wait to get to me years ago to argue about the rights and wrongs of the last 75 years. Anyway, the Football Association has said that Wembley's arch will not be lit in the colours of the Israeli flag. I don't believe that Wembley's arch should be lit in the colours of any other flag except that of England. The St George's colours, red and white. That includes Ukraine, that includes Palestine, that includes anywhere. Enough of this virtue signalling tosh. It's nonsense. Now this really pissed off Jabba the Hutt at LBC this morning. Really pissed him off that the FA is not going to do the virtue signalling thing. Here he is. If this is right, can we put a call into these spineless idiots at the Football Association? Spineless idiots because they won't light up the arch in uh, blue and white, funnily enough. How much do we pay these fools? Are these the same idiots who gave us VAR? Which is... 
No, no, they're not the same idiots they gave us VAR. On a totally different scale, I know, but they really are destroying absolutely everything they touch, aren't they? The Football Association is unlikely to light the Wembley Arch in the colours of the Israel flag because of fears of a backlash from some communities. So what this means now is potential lawbreakers have the upper hand. So you do it for the Ukraine, quite rightly, because you think, well, it's unlikely anybody's going to make any kind of backlash, any illegal activities pro-Russia. But you yield, you bow to, I'll quote directly, some communities because you fear it might upset them. Well, can I suggest anyone who lives here who in any way sees the marking of the horrors that both sides have been through and are going through of children being murdered, of Holocaust victims being taken hostage, of people being set alight. Right. What did he say there at the end? Because I caught this today and I couldn't believe it. Um, maybe I'm being unkind to him um, because, you know, listen, I've, I've had the odd gaff myself, but just listen. Anyone who lives here who in any way sees the marking of the horrors that both sides have been through and are going through, of children being murdered, of Holocaust victims being taken hostage, of people being set alight. Yeah, Holocaust victims weren't taken hostage over the last few days. I don't know what he was thinking there. What else did he say? They really have to question the society they're in. We should absolutely show solidarity. I say again... No, no, no. There might be plenty of people who are agnostic. I'm sure there are many people in this country who are agnostic, who don't know too much about what's gone on in the Middle East, and who maybe decide to hold their tongues, maybe say, well, I don't know what's going on there. Murder is wrong, whoever does it, so I'll keep my mouth shut. But this is a, a running theme in this programme, isn't it? These calls from the media constantly to people that, you know, if you're not saying something, if you're not visibly saying something against something we have deemed to be abhorrent, we can conclude that you must support it. That way, of course, lies tyranny, doesn't it? It's good enough for the king, it's good enough for Prince William, but it's not good enough for the FA. Because they fear a backlash from some communities. You know what? I'd paint the pitch blue and white if I had the chance. I'd put it on the goalposts as well. And if they didn't like it, tough luck. You'll get a nice bonus at Christmas, Nicholas. You show you show leadership. That's what you do. God, what a bunch of running again. He's another actor in the from the Rob Rinder school of acting, tearing up his papers. He's so disgusted because the Israeli colours won't be flying over Wembley on Friday, as they shouldn't, or any other bloody flag, as I said. Regardless, uh, Tim says Palestinians are being vaporised and the likes of Ferrari are still banging on about flags over Wembley. It's pure evil. What I haven't heard from any of our listeners this week is any answer to this question. Um, OK, um, starving uh, a two million people of water, of electricity, of food is obviously collective punishment. It's prohibited under the Geneva Conventions. It's terribly wrong. The mass murder of uh, Palestinians which is taking place now is obviously wrong. Nobody would agree with it. Nobody who's a decent person in any case. What would be the proportionate, proportionate response then? What should Israel have done on Monday after the events of the weekend? What would be proportional? 
let's take it as given that you're going to say they should lift the blockade and get out of Gaza. Let's take that as a given, right? What should they have done when the the attacks took place? Let me know. Grace Ann says, I think it is blowing it out of proportion, or Rob Rinder is, when it comes to kids being scared to go to school. Can we actually tell a Jewish kid from another kid? I think it's scaremongering, says Grace Ann. Yeah, if the child is wearing the cap, and some young Jewish boys, they do have the the hair styled in that way, don't they? With the curls. Again, I, I don't know the official term for it, so don't think I'm being dismissive or mocking or condescending. I'm not. I, I see Jewish people when I drive in North Manchester. I, I should maybe know these things, but I don't. So, yeah, you can identify Jewish people. Uh, funnily enough, surprisingly enough, I go to the Tesco on the precinct in Salford. I mean, it's proper Salford, right right in the middle of Odsel. And I see, quite often I see somebody wearing the uh, the skull cap with, the, with his wife and children walking around. And I say to myself, there must be more Jewish people living in Salford than, than I had imagined. Um, not where I live in Salford. You wouldn't see many Jewish people around here. But anyway, Karen says, Richie, many if not all wars historically have been started by false flag actions. We need to be suspicious and open-minded about the stories we've been told about Gaza and the situation there, how it began, etc. We must question the authenticity and origin of this information. I would agree, but you know what I'm going to say now, Karen. You, you, you apply that to every authority, regardless of where it comes from. The British government particularly, the Irish government, the European Union, Brussels, the Palestinian Authority, everything you're told, you should take it with a pinch of salt. I did that rant last week about how production works in real journalism. Everything you are told by a politician, by a political party, or by a government source, you should take it with a massive, massive pinch of salt. Which is why I am still very reticent to take this story at face value, that babies were beheaded. I haven't denied that babies were murdered. I'm pretty sure they were. Right? But that extra, you know... Thanks for all these messages. Dozens and dozens coming in. Dave Simpson says there's also a new way, a new way of saying things. Presenters are saying that's how we think. I don't, says uh, says Dave. Thank you for that, Dave. Let me scroll down. So many coming in this afternoon. Uh, lovely hi to Alice. Alice says Harmulka. That's the cap, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Alice. Big brain on you there. Or did you go straight on to Wikipedia? Mike says, this is a policy to get British Jews to move to Israel and to take more land from the Palestinians. Cynical take on it, Mike. You might be right. I don't know. Um, there were some people a couple of years ago when Corbyn was leading the Labour Party who said they were going to leave because life had become, they said, much more difficult. Jewish people said that because Corbyn was leading the Labour Party and because the Labour Party was rotten to the core with anti-Semitism, they said they were going to leave the country. I don't think they did, if, uh, if memory serves. But when they were pressed to explain how they were in danger, they couldn't exactly answer it. You know? Rob says they will flatten Gaza over the next few weeks and they need the West to cheer them on. What better way than to say Hamas has beheaded babies? It's sick, says Rob. When will humanity wake up? to the bastards pulling the strings in this and every war since time 
began. 23 minutes it is past the hour. I'm on Twitter, by the way. I never say this. It's uh, at BBG Richie on Twitter, at BBG Richie. This week, our programme is brought to you and brought to you from me or by me with NutraHealth365.com. NutraHealth365.com. Boost yourself this autumn for the coming winter with fantastic fantastic supplements you got quercetin in there vitamin d3 and much more besides NutraHealth 365 winter's on its way and so are colds flu and other respiratory illness <laughs> a robust immune system and vitamin d3 are your weapons in the fight to keep healthy when things get chilly immunex 365 vitamin capsules from NutraHealth 365 combine effective levels of vitamins d3 c and k2 as well as zinc and quercetin to give your body that winter boost at just two capsules a day. Plus, for your peace of mind, all NutraHealth 365 orders come with free two-day track delivery. Visit NutraHealth365.com now and get winter ready. The Richie Allen Show features doctors, scientists, academics and researchers who have been banned by the legacy media. Support Richie now by making a financial contribution at RichieAllen.co.uk Welcome back. Yeah, BBG Richie on Twitter and uh, I use it really mostly, although I have tweeted a bit more than I usually do in the last few days, maybe for obvious reasons, but I tend to use it uh, mostly to be speaking to guests you know, through the old uh, DM, the old private messaging thing. Listen, I, I can't get over this week and last week the volume of messages coming into the programme during the live programme. This is because more and more people are downloading the app. And with the app, it's so easy to message me, which is wonderful. But the volume is huge, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to read out all of these uh, messages. Claire says the Jewish skull cap is a kippah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, doesn't Hermolka work too? Or am I just... It's been a long week, hasn't it? Uh, Bill says, GB News, and especially one presenter, is the worst of the MSM outlets for being pro-Israel, pro-war propaganda. It's sickening, is GB News. Everything is sickening, Bill. Yamolka is the cap, uh, or kippa, says Hank. Yeah, you can use either. Thank you uh, for that. Very good. Number of you said that you do believe the Israelis allowed the attacks happen, but there's no evidence to support this, right? You know, there's no evidence. And uh, Israeli citizens are asking the question because it turns out now that evidence is emerging that the American intelligence agencies warned Israel this is going to happen. Is it feasible because of that because of a long term plan for Gaza that you might learn that something really bad is going to go down? and that you might turn your back on it for a minute. I It is probably feasible, but I don't know about that. You know, there's. I used to have these conversations years ago about September the 11th. I interviewed a guy years ago, brilliant guy, uh, former military guy whose name I don't remember, and he didn't buy into the intelligence agencies planning September the 11th. You know, he, he bought into, they knew something was going to happen, they learned about it and they thought we have a lot to gain in the next 10, 15 years if this happens. Of course, I argued with him with a ding dong about it. I just don't know, you know. I just don't know. And you know that when you discuss these things, you've got to understand that people who are Jewish or people who are Israeli, um, they might absolutely balk at this type of thing, you know. But um, it's impossible to 
revealed the context of thousands of radio shows to somebody who might be hearing a radio show for the first time. You know, you can't make... Anyway, I don't know. It's 27 and a half minutes past the hour. Speaking in a moment to an academic and a writer, I'm looking forward to hearing him and his thoughts. Uh, Professor Kamel Hawash later on. Gerald Salente, The Trends Journal. Here's music from The Doors, would you believe? Right, that is music from The Doors and hello on The Richie Allen Show. It is nearly half past five this Thursday, the 12th of October, 2023. Good to have your company. Thanks for the messages pouring into the programme via the website and via the app. I'm really happy that my guest this hour agreed to come on. I came across him on uh, UK television. Uh, in, in recent days. He is an academic and he is a writer. He is a professor of civil engineering, works at the University of Birmingham and he often appears on Al Jazeera English and Middle East Eye, but he appears on many programmes. Let's welcome to the show Professor Kamel Hawash. He's a British-Palestinian. Professor, I forgive me if I butchered the pronunciation of your name. Uh, please feel free to correct me if I did, but you're very welcome to the programme. How are you? Good evening to you, Richie. Uh, it's Kamel, uh, and I think you pronounced it correctly, Kamel Hawash. Thank you. You're very welcome. First of all, do you have family in Gaza at the moment? And if you do, or extended family, how are they? What do you know about their situation? I have a, a, a distant cousin. Uh, we, we have never met. Uh, I, I, I texted to see how she was, and she was just as terrified as... Uh, everyone else is, and as you can imagine, uh, the bombs are landing as we speak. And we're fortunate never to have had a bomb dropped near us, uh, but uh, the, 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 the number of bombs that are being dropped and the, the families huddling together, uh, in case they die, they say, let's die together. I mean, that's the horrible reality of what things are like in uh, uh, in Gaza, most of my relatives are from Jerusalem and uh, the West Bank. And is, is it true that they don't have anywhere to go, that there's no exit point where they can leave? What, what do we know about the, the Egyptian border and access for Palestinians to get out that way? Well, first of all, uh, yes, there, there is a, 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 a land point into Israel itself. Uh, from the north of Gaza, but of course Israel doesn't want the Palestinians to go there. When it talks about uh, when Net Benjamin Netanyahu said they should uh, uh, leave their homes, uh, he knows that the only place they can go to is Egypt, but that means that uh, they're being uh, sent off their land, maybe never to return again. Uh, so, and, but, but that particular border on the other side is Egypt, and Egypt also understands exactly what the, the Israeli government uh, uh, meant when it said that uh, they could be, they should leave their homes. But I heard that in again in northern Gaza tonight that the Israeli army has been dropping leaflets on on, on people to saying you should leave your homes. It's the most horrific situation that if any of us, any of us was in that situation, just imagine the fear, the fear not only amongst the, the men and women, but amongst the children, when there are 60%, 60% of people in Gaza uh, are classed as children. 
Now, I want to make it clear, I don't know how much you know about me, but I have been a staunch supporter and advocate for the people of Palestine my entire adult life. I believe that historically, right is on the side of the Palestinian people. There's no caveat, right? So that is what I believe, and this is not the mainstream media. And I know you're tired of what about me? I know you're tired of being asked to condemn this and condemn that. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But what I have to ask is, why did Hamas do what it did last week? And I know you can only give an opinion. I totally appreciate that. Because they must have known that this would be the response. And I can't figure this out. Why, do you think? Well, first of all, uh, the clock didn't start on the 7th of October. This is really important context, and uh, uh, on many interviews with the mainstream media, that's what I and other Palestinians have been uh, trying to articulate, that uh, the the starting point wasn't Saturday. Uh, This started back, if you like, uh, almost 100 years ago. It started with with the Balfour Declaration here in Britain, in which a, a British Foreign Minister, Balfour, promised the Zionist movement's representative in in the UK that the UK would facilitate the creation of a homeland for Jews in Palestine when actually Britain wasn't even there. So it had no right to promise that. But what happened was that after that, it uh, uh, Sykes-Picot divided the Middle East into areas and Britain got Palestine. Uh, so it inserted the Balfour Declaration into the, the British mandate and it worked to uh, help uh, the Zionists create, and I mean the Zionists, i.e. people who thought they wanted, uh, uh, they had this ideology about creating a homeland for Jews, not anywhere in the world, but in Palestine, in my homeland. So that's where the start is. And I know, you know, it's important context in that sense. But also important context, recent context, and as I say, we don't want to go over the whole history, is that for the since the uh, Israelis uh, elected their new Knesset and a, a right-wing extremist government was created in which there are uh, 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 ministers suspected of uh, uh, planning terrorist attacks and fascists, uh, since then they have been working overtime to uh, increase the oppression of the Palestinian people, to increase the oppression of the 5,000 or so Palestinian prisoners, but also trying to change the look and feel and and the reality of uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, from what it is, a Muslim shrine in which Muslims pray and others can visit in a coordinated way. Uh, uh, They have been undertaking break-ins, bringing in uh, normally tens of settlers to walk around, but now it's uh, reached over a thousand during uh, every day in in, in what are called Jewish holidays, when you would expect people to actually be in a synagogue praying rather than breaking into someone else's uh, holy mosque. So that accumulation of oppression of uh, uh, Israel deciding what to do in Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, and the international community turning a complete blind eye, uh, uh, that is that raised tensions, which uh, uh, we then suddenly saw on uh, on Saturday that uh, Hamas decided to attack uh, Israel, uh, and it was as much of a surprise to Palestinians uh, as it was to everyone else. 
Thanks for the history lesson. I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. Look, this, these are things we talk about in depth on this programme. And I've attempted to educate some of our listeners who don't know their history. I'm a history graduate, as it happens, and your characterization of the century is correct. You could have talked about Ergun. You could have talked about the Stern Gang, the terrorism against the Palestinian people, hundreds of thousands displaced. All of this, I totally get all of this. I know what's been going on in Gaza in, in the last 15 years. I know this. The point I'm making is, I, look, I'm an Irish Republican. And I've had arguments with people over the years about what is proportional. So the Catholics in the six counties were abandoned in, in the same way, but not as badly as the people of Palestine. The international community doesn't give a damn. So something is going to happen. But what I don't like is, and I don't condone it, and I'm not going to ask you to condemn anything. I'm not going to do that because this isn't the mainstream media. But why, why doesn't Hamas target military positions? Maybe the Israeli army and the police in Israel that oppresses the Palestinian people. Maybe they're a legitimate target. But I can't support Hamas going into homes and shooting up living rooms and, and killing men, women and children. I can't support it because it's terribly wrong. It's just as wrong as the Israelis murdering uh, uh, babies in Gaza. But if we get off that for a minute, it doesn't do anything other than allow Israel to do what it is doing today, uh, Kamel, which to me... I just don't get it. It makes no sense whatsoever. You understand my point? Well, I, I agree with, with what you said about uh, targeting civilians. What uh, you may have missed is, is uh, are the, the, the pictures from Israeli military bases uh, with Hamas, uh, 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 if you like, operatives went, went into first. So it, it, the characterization that... Uh, and again, I... I'm, I'm not aligned to any Palestinian faction here. I'm the chair of the Palestine Solidarity Campaign, and we work to uh, uh, bring the plight of the Palestinians to the British public and to pressure government. So, uh, uh, but, but to characterize what happened in terms of facts, that's all I'm talking about, uh, that, that they didn't uh, engage with, with the military is actually not accurate. They did. They took over uh, at least two, if not three, military uh, uh, in uh, areas uh, first, because they normally are the closest to Gaza, as you can imagine. But again, I, I agree with you that uh, uh, civilians should be protected, uh, because that's what I want for the Palestinian people, and uh, and therefore uh, the same applies to, to all civilians, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, just that point you made, thank you for clarifying that. I didn't mean to imply that they didn't engage the Israeli army over the weekend. Of course they did, and if I, if I was mistaken, um, I apologise. Yes, they did, but they went from home to home in certain neighbourhoods and did terrible things. And you well, know... First of all, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, the, as I say, I, I, the, the impression that Israel wants to give is the one that I uh, objected yeah. to. Because that, that's what I'm talking about. Now, in terms of going from home to home, again... What I don't want to do is is to offer an equivalence and say, but Israel does this, and therefore, and Hamas, that's not helpful. What I am really focused on, and have been focused on since I joined uh, the Palestine Solidarity Campaign, and I'm now chair, is how we uh, don't speak again in a couple of years, Rishi, and and, and yeah. be talking about 
uh, another attack from one side or the other. So That's how do we do that, Camille? Right, let's let's talk about that. Let's leave whataboutry. I'm not accusing you of whataboutry at all. Maybe yeah. I'm guilty of it. Let's leave that to one side. The murder of anybody, regardless of whether they're Irish, English, Welsh, Palestinian, is disgusting. It's it's evil. It can't be taken back. And the Palestinians have suffered more than any other group of people in in, 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 in in recent decades, no doubt about that. And like I said, I'm a staunch advocate for the rights of Palestine and, and Gaza, but I am completely opposed to violence. I hate it, unless it's defensive. Look, we'll, we'll talk about what can be done, because you said yourself, by the way, folks, you are listening to Professor Kamel Hawash. He is a, a British-Palestinian academic writer, broadcaster as well. It's really good to have his take on this on the programme. I despair. I tweeted today that in a just world, the rest of the world's countries would sanction Israel back to the Stone Age. It would prevent them exporting anything. It would freeze their assets overseas, just like they did to Russian people, Russian oligarchs. They would, they would, they would destroy um, that ultra-Zionism through, through financial means. And then they would bring uh, Netanyahu and his crazy... Uh, government to heal. But you and I know this will never, ever happen. The Israeli lobby is so powerful in every Western democracy. What's the, is there any solution? I mean, come on, are we, are we kidding ourselves? Am I fooling myself by imagining that we'll somehow be able to bring an end to all of this one day with a just resolution for the people of Palestine? Well, let's explore this or think about this. Now, Israel was created 75 years ago. And to this day, not only as these events prove, but in 2021, in 2012, 2008, 9, etc., there have been repeated wars, not only with Gaza, by the way. Uh, they had a war with Lebanon in 2006. Today, they've hit uh, uh, targets in Syria, they say, as retaliation for basically 75 years on, Israel has not got the security that a normal state uh, would expect to have. But that's because it's not a normal state. If uh, it accepted international law, which I hope we can all agree, we either have international law applied equally to everyone, or some places uh, 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 adhere to international law and others adhere to the law of the jungle. Now, Israel adheres to the law of the jungle, i.e., I will do whatever I want, that's it. Uh, when it comes, because if you look at international law, there are, uh, uh, I, um, my, my understanding, and I haven't counted them, almost a thousand United Nations resolutions, including a smaller, much smaller number, the United Nations Security Council, which require Israel to, re to leave the areas it, uh, uh, it, it gained through war. So the starting point is, is there an illegal occupation or not? That's the starting point. And if there is, why hasn't Israel left these uh, uh, areas and uh, uh, had the Palestinians uh, create a state, the two states would have lived uh, in peace uh, as, as neighbors. And then one day, you never know. And I know that Britain left the, the EU through Brexit, but you could have uh, uh, you know, an equivalent in the Middle East that brings Israel, Palestine and Jordan and other countries together. Now, that might sound like a dream, but if, you, if we want to think about a situation where we don't have, again, another 
I'll call them incidents, even, even though you know you could describe each one differently. But uh, if you, we don't want any of these incidents to occur again, Israel and its supporters, and this is important because uh, its biggest supporter, the United States, uh, through its uh, for, uh, Secretary of State, who is in, uh, in, in Israel at the moment, says that they will support Israel with military might, etc., etc. They will destroy Hamas, which effectively means destroying Gaza. You know, okay, will that bring peace? Will it bring security? I would argue that the stance of the UK and the US in giving Israel carte blanche to do what it's doing will not bring security to Israelis. So people who really care about Israelis, really care about Israelis, should be saying to their governments in the West, and they should be pressuring Israel to just adhere to international law. Now, that's not a mad thing to say. It is the appropriate things to say, because also that would uh, help in other conflicts, help bring the message uh, uh, to, to everyone that if everyone adheres to international law, then you don't stand in one case with Ukraine, uh, which is occupied against Russia, which is the occupier. But in this case, you stand with the occupier, Israel, against the occupied people. Uh, the Palestinian people uh, have rights. They should be able to live in freedom and, and to achieve justice and equality. And those uh, uh, Palestinian refugees who live in, in camps in Lebanon and Syria and, other, and Jordan should be able to go back to their homes. That's where they come from. So if you might say we'll never get there, but we must work to get there, because what is the alternative? Is it that uh, uh, we, we see thousands of Palestinians die? Maybe, and this really is worrying me, uh, maybe thousands, if not hundreds of thousands from Gaza, uh, ethnically cleansed in the sense of being sent to Egypt. Uh, and, and then you're still left with, with a situation where there's injustice in the West Bank, in Gaza, in Jerusalem. Uh, the treatment of Palestinians who are citizens of Israel remains as second-class and third-class citizens. That's not going to bring peace, and it will not bring security to Israel. The comments coming in to us today through the app for the programme and through the website are overwhelmingly pro what it is you are saying and pro-Palestine. But here's one from Colin. Colin reckons... Just This is three lines. So before you jump down my throat, Kamel, let me read this. He says, Muslims hate Jews. The Quran tells them to do so. They are taught from a young age that they, uh, the Jews are the enemy. It has nothing to do with land, more to do with religion. If Israel was occupied by Muslims, Palestinians wouldn't care. How do you respond to that? Well, let, let's. I'll play it a different way. And I wrote a letter to the Guardian a few years ago, which which went viral, which explored this or made this case. We didn't choose our occupiers, okay? So we didn't say if, if our occupiers were the Japanese or the Mexicans or anyone else, we would uh, work to end their occupation in the same way, with the same vigor as we do now. Uh, with with our occupier Israel. Now, now that's a really important thing to understand. So in other words, we didn't wake up one morning uh, and decide uh, that that we have a problem with Jews. We actually don't have a problem with Jews. And proof of that is when I, uh, as I 
uh, I was was born in, in 1962. And as I grew up, initially, obviously, I, as you can imagine, I didn't understand anything about Palestine, about Israel, Jordan, etc. But as you begin to grow up and you, you, you begin to hear this, and, and the word that's used to describe uh, uh, Israelis, if you like, in, in Palestine is Jews, because the, 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 the people who occupy us say they are Jewish people who came there to set up their state. Now, if uh, uh, the, 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 the Jews decided to go and set up a state elsewhere, would we as Palestinians have started uh, to send people to, to attack them? There? Of course we wouldn't. There, there'd be, it doesn't make any sense. So the, the problem is the occupation. The problem is Zionism decided it wanted to set up a state for, uh, for Jews in Palestine, aided and abetted by the British, but uh, uh, not realizing or, or hiding the fact that it was not a land without a people for a people without a land. And if anyone wants to see how vibrant and successful Palestine was before the creation of Israel, if they go to Al Jazeera uh, web, uh, uh, YouTube and they, 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 uh, they look for Palestine 1920, they will see what a vibrant center of uh, the economy Palestine was. Yes, it was the beginning of the British mandate on Palestine, but by then, Britain hadn't built anything. So it was very much what was built under the Ottoman Empire, uh, uh, you know, railways that stretched from uh, Saudi Arabia to Turkey and uh, uh, trade not only in, in, in Jaffa oranges, but uh, in, in products of all, all, all types. So I think that's really important to, to realize that it, it, is, it was the fact that uh, unlike, say, the Syrian people or the Lebanese people, or Jordanian, the Jordanian people, when the mandates ended there, they were able to become independent, except for the Palestinian people, where the British worked to impose on them uh, a state for another people. Professor Kamel Hawash is our guest. He's a British-Palestinian academic and writer, University of Birmingham, civil engineering. Massive interest in you being on the programme. You, you, you talking about Palestine in the 20s sounded like Iran before the CIA and BP overthrew Mossadegh, right? Another vibrant secular society where which was thriving until um, the deep state of the West interfered. That's really interesting that. I'm going to read one or two more comments. Michael says, Israel is a little Ulster in the Middle East. He says, George is listening. He says, I'm with Palestine on this. Not Hamas or any murdering group, but I'm with the country which is about to get wiped off the map once and for all. Well, let's hope it doesn't, George. He says, he says he feels that has been the plan all along. Finally, Israel will get what they want after years of tormenting. And I'm not going backwards now at all, Kamel, but I've got to say this. I, the Palestinian people have my un, unwavering support. I'm supposed to be somewhat, um, you know, uh, on the fence or you know, keeping my opinions out of it, but they do. But I have no time whatsoever for Hamas or for the IDF or anybody who'll, who'll, who'll kill civilians. And, I, and I, I feel Hamas is almost like as much an enemy of the Palestinians as it is of, of the State of Israel. That's how strongly I feel about that. Do you want to comment on that before I ask you another question? Well, uh, 
I'll just say this to you, and, and again, I'm not aligned or, or belong to any of the Palestinian factions. But in 2006, uh, 2006 there were free elections that everyone in Palestine, uh, across West Bank and Gaza, uh, and uh, uh, that, that were acclaimed by everyone who came to observe as absolutely fair, uh, and clear, there was no, you know, playing with votes or whatever. Now, Hamas won. Uh, and don't forget, before that, Hamas had only been engaged in its military uh, build-up and activities. But it won. And uh, Mahmoud Abbas, who was the president, asked Hamas to form the government. Uh, and they uh, formed the government, which included people from all uh, walks of life, if you like. But Tony Blair went around the whole world telling them they must not recognize that government. Now, I just say, and, and we will never know what might have happened, had people said, great, this uh, uh, important, uh, and, and you know, to win, the, to win elections in any country means there's a lot of support to you. And at the time, when, when they decided to go down the political path, people voted for them and, uh, and they won. So my point is that had the West said, as they do now with, with the election of uh, Israeli fascist and terror ministers uh, in, in this government, oh, it's up to the Israelis to elect who represents them. Well, people, the Palestinians elected Hamas. If, uh, and they formed this, this, this government that had people from uh, uh, all walks of life, including, for example, Dr. Mustafa Barouti, who leads the Palestinian Initiative, as it's called, who became the Minister for Information. Yeah. Now, if if that had been able to to work, we might have seen a completely different uh, uh, 17 years, uh, because they, there you have the representatives of the people who have been elected. And if they didn't like them three or four years later, they could have voted them out. That's democracy. And that's what the West hails as the way that should, uh, things should go. But no, as I say, Tony Blair decided, uh, I, I'm, you know, with, with clearly with Israel saying we can't accept that. Well, that's what happened. They should have accepted the results of uh, a democratic election. And I think things might have been uh, very different. So I, I know the point that you are making. And uh, as I say, I'm not aligned. I don't support Fatah, which is ruling now, or or any other uh, faction. But if there were elections in Palestine, I'd be happy to, to see whoever's elected come and govern. Let them govern. Why not? This is, this is uh, uh, what democracy is about. Uh, but the fact that the West decided not to accept the, the, the will of the Palestinian people, to cut off funding, to isolate uh, Hamas in particular. Then there was this unfortunate, uh, uh, what some people call a coup, it depends on which side of the fence you're on, uh, and Hamas took over Gaza. And that's, that was really unfortunate because it was a geographic takeover. It wasn't as if, you know, two, two cities in the West Bank uh, were Hamas. And, no, this is what happened. And unfortunately, that hasn't been uh, repaired. And as Palestinians, we all want, the first thing we want is for all Palestinians to unite uh, and to, to start, uh, uh, if you like, looking at the strategy for liberation now in 2023, not when 
the Palestine Liberation Organization was formed. So again, you've said it a few times, Rishi, I, I don't want to see anyone die in this conflict. Uh, I don't want civilians to be hurt. And I don't support any particular faction uh, in, in Palestine. And the judgment about whether uh, a particular faction's policy, a lot of people think the Palestinian Authority, which uh, uh, Israel sort of uh, uh, likes and hosts, has done a lot more damage to the Palestinian cause by giving up, uh, through the Oslo Accord, the Palestine Liberation Organization, on 78% of the land. So that there was, no, there was no war there, there was no attack, but the Palestinians think that that was not in the interests of the Palestinian people. I have a final question for you today. Thanks for coming on. I've been thinking about this recently. Um, some well-known Jewish celebrities have been claiming that Jewish people don't feel safe in the UK because of what's been happening. Now, I don't agree with this, and I think it's scaremongering, but that's my opinion. It doesn't mean I'm right. I have a theory, so I'm going to be an armchair psychologist because I, I don't know anything about psychology. But I'm, going, okay. I'm going to have a guess. We're still not too far away from what happened in Nazi Germany. Is there possibly some sort of collective trauma? Have the Jewish people, even though they're scattered around the world, have they not properly dealt with and moved on from what happened in, in, in Nazi Germany? And could it make them more difficult to deal with, more, I don't want to say more, more paranoid, more inward-looking, but is, is, is there some possibility that this could be in play, you know, not collectively moving past um, what happened in, in the 30s and 40s? What do you think? Maybe we're the wrong people to talk about this. What do you think? Well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, I can't articulate how Jewish people feel. Because, for example, there are Jewish people who support Israel completely in the UK, and there are Jewish people who support Palestine, yeah. They're anti, what we call anti-Zionist, because they, they recognize and they agree that uh, the creation of Israel against the will of the Palestinian people, the, 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 the throwing out of 750,000 refugees, uh, was completely wrong, and it has to be put right. So yes, I think I think we are the wrong people to articulate uh, uh, that issue. But I was troubled today to hear on on uh, radio uh, one or two uh, Israelis talk about this being a second Holocaust. Uh, they always say, "Don't talk about the Holocaust," and I agree. Don't minimize it, and I completely agree. But to to dis to, to describe uh, the plight of Israelis over the last few days as that. And again, we are all in agreement, you and I, that uh, the targeting, the killing of civilians is, is not right, uh, is completely wrong. They, they should not be making these comparisons. As, as for uh, in, in, the, in the UK, I really want to stress that uh, I don't want to see any part of our, any of our communities uh, feel threatened. Uh, and by the way, at the moment, even the Palestinian community, and when I say even, and I'm, I'm a part of it, some people are worried about coming to a demonstration. Will they be attacked? So there are worries, and it isn't just the, the uh, one community that, uh, uh, that fears this. But in fact, there's a lot of support and protection that is provided, and I wish they, you know, I, and I hope that they, that will not be needed. Uh, but I think 
it brings us to one point I made earlier. Unless we move towards a peaceful solution that delivers justice for the Palestinian people, we will be here again talking about another incident that uh, in which lives were lost, maybe tens, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands. And genuinely, there are people who will not be brought, brought back to life. I don't want to see anyone die in this conflict, uh, but uh, and therefore I want uh, uh, the way it's going to come is from uh, countries like the U.S. saying we agree, let us uh, really uh, push towards a peaceful uh, solution. Let's implement international law and see if we need to tinker around the edges. But let's do that and make sure the Palestinians uh, uh, are treated like human beings and not like the way that the. the uh, absolutely atrocious uh, defense minister of Israel described them as, as animals. They have rights. The kids need to grow up uh, with hope, just like Israeli kids want to grow up in hope. The irony of them calling the Palestinians animals, again, when you think back to what happened in the 1930s. Kamel, I, I hope God is keeping um, an eye on the people of Gaza in the coming days. And I mean it when I say God bless the Palestinians and the Israelis and anybody who's had to bury their dead in recent days. It was a pleasure to meet you. Um, good luck in your endeavours and you're welcome back on this programme anytime. Thank you very much. And I'll just remind people we are marching in London on Saturday, 12 o'clock outside the BBC. Professor Kamel Hawash, lovely to meet you. Thank you very much and bye for now. And you'll find Kamel on Twitter as well. You'll see him on Al Jazeera English and Middle East Eye. The time has just gone two minutes past six. You're listening to The Richie Allen Show, Thursday's programme. This week, the programme is sponsored by NutraHealth365.com. Winter's on its way and so are colds, flu and other respiratory illness. <laughs> A robust immune system and vitamin D3 are your weapons in the fight to keep healthy when things get chilly. Immunex 365 vitamin capsules from NutraHealth 365 combine effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin to give your body that winter boost at just two capsules a day. Plus, for your peace of mind, all NutraHealth 365 orders come with free two-day track delivery. Visit NutraHealth365.com now and get winter ready. Welcome back to the programme. Thank you for your messages, by the way. Lots of them have come in. Michael says, those elections your guest is talking about, he is right. The people were sick of all the corruption in the Palestinian authorities and voted for Hamas. Thanks, Michael. That's right. That is historically right. We talked about this on this show over the years. Chris says, your guest has just summed up the situation with Hamas referencing Blair, the installation of Hamas, like what happened in Egypt, was setting the Palestinians up for this, the mother of all falls. Destruction, a new division, a schism, says Chris. Thank you, Chris, for your message. Thanks to everybody who sent messages in. I really appreciate it. And if you happen to be Jewish, or even Israeli, and you know when I look at the, the, the statistics, it's not statistics. What's the word I'm looking for here? When I go into the to the stream, I'm, um, I, I work with a very, very large streaming company. They're very good. So we get incredible information about how many people are listening at any one time. But even more interestingly than that is where they're listening from. And we do have listeners in Israel. And, and I say this over and over again. The door is wide open. It is a cause of distress to me that I can't do the show in the way I used to do my shows in Spain 
and how I used to do this program in the early days when nobody was um, reticent in any way to come on and argue. I mean, older listeners will remember my battles with David Rubin, an ultra-Zionist who lives in, um, in, in is it uh, Hebron he lives, I think. And um, it was great, you know, people would always come on. So uh, if you think it's one-sided, it isn't. I regularly put out invitations to people to come on. You know, people working at the Israeli uh, embassy here in the UK, pro-Zionist groups in the UK, I often say to them, come on, only to be met by an email calling me a fascist. That's how it works. Right, so I can get some Palestinian comment on the programme. We've had it twice this week, but I can't get anybody else. And that's just how it goes. So if you're new to the programme and you're thinking this is one-sided, it isn't my fault. There's nothing I can do about that. I miss the rows, the arguments, you know, where, where you, you have a good lash at somebody and then you shut up and let them come back at you and you listen to what they're saying and, you know, you might get something out of it and then you come back at them again. I really miss this stuff. Isabel says, when I was a kid and me and my sister were found fighting, I remember my mum doing what most parents do. She'd come to separate us and any attempt from me or from my sister to explain who started what would result in my mum saying, shut up, I don't want to know and telling us both to apologise. Now as childish as that might sound, says Israel, maybe that's the only way, uh, sorry says Isabel, that's the only way Israel and Palestine will be able to move towards peace. It's beautifully simplistic. I'm not sure that's the answer. I don't think there's any answer. Because there's more to it than was being discussed by um, Professor Kamel Khawash and myself. Much more to it. You know, Iran is a big part of all of this in terms of the United States. You know Paul Craig Roberts, who's a wonderful man, former US Assistant Treasury Secretary who graces this programme. You know, I, Paul and myself have butted heads over the years in some of those lovely argumentative interviews. And I've said Israel effectively controls your Congress. And Paul would say, no, it's the other way around, Richie. I think he might have a point, Paul Craig Roberts. While the Israeli lobby is very powerful. By the way, the Peter Oborn documentary from 2009, which went out on Dispatches, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's very, very good. If you want to know why every politician in this country um, trips over themselves saying that Israel is great and Israel has a right to defend itself. If you want to know why they are so enthralled to Israel, Peter Oborn's 2009 documentary is something you should watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wayne says, if something does happen to a Jewish child, it's likely to be down to the propaganda inciting such an incident. I believe they are deliberately stoking fear for their own agenda. You might be right, Wayne, but I'm also willing to except that some Jewish people do believe that they are in danger in London or in Manchester. I don't think they are, but, you know, I could be called a gaslighter, I suppose. Um, but but maybe some people do feel it. Uh, I've heard one or two on phone-ins, and they sounded legitimate to me. Um, yeah, he says, convenient timing of events in Israel, just when coverage of Ukraine seems to be running out of steam, he says. It's the same script and the same psychological buttons being pressed. Uh, Faisal says, Jewish paranoia is 100% contrived by the media, constantly telling them to be paranoid. 
respect to all the Jews who don't buy it even now. And Kamel made a very good point. And my old friend Michael Cohen from Fallowfield often says this and he's very right. Demonstrations against the treatment of the Palestinian people and the blockade of Gaza in the UK, you will find plenty of Jewish people. And they're not there by token. They're there because they believe in the cause of the Palestinian people. Yeah, but they're the wrong Jews, you see. So you won't be hearing them on television or on radio anytime soon. This is Thursday's programme. It sure is. Thanks for all of these messages. Let me scroll back down again. Gerald Salente, the legendary publisher of the Trends Journal, will be with me in a few minutes' time. He's just said hello. That's good. I like that when they say hello. It means they're there where they said they'd be, kind of a thing. While we're chatting, I'm just going to go to BBC News website and I'm going to open the mail online as well because I don't have a producer, as you know. Yeah, you've told us 17,000 times, Richie, this week alone. I know I have. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's not nothing new to report. Uh, the United Nations is saying the situation in Gaza is dire. Well, duh. Food and water running out. Um, there's something about the family of Humza Yousaf's wife. He's Scotland's first minister. He got the gig after Jimmy Cranky resigned. And his wife is either Palestinian or half Palestinian. And she was upset today. She crashed an interview he was doing in tears because she cannot raise her family in Gaza. And a lot of people in the UK and Ireland and France who are Palestinians and who do have family in Gaza, they must be absolutely shitting themselves tonight. No doubt about that. And here's something I wish... I wish I'd known about when Matthew Letizia was on the programme last week, because this is important. Michelle Roberts writing for the BBC website. Um, here's the headline. This might wind you up a bit. Cannabidoil. I never say that right, do I? Cannabidiol. Safe daily dose limit cut by food regulator. CBD. Cannabidiol, right? So CBD, which is great, we know it's great, it's very good for pain, for anxiety, for restlessness, for lots of different things. UK food regulators have lowered the recommended safe daily dose of CBD, a cannabis extract present in many different high street products, including drinks and snacks. The Food Standards Agency says the advice is precautionary following concerns long-term use might cause liver and other health problems. Adults are being advised to have more, excuse me, no more than 10 milligrams of CBD a day. The previous recommended safe daily dose was 70 milligrams. So that's a drastic reduction when it comes to the recommendation. I'd like to know why. I'd like to know who was lobbying the Food Standards Agency, dearest listener. I bet you you'd like to know as well, wouldn't you? Alrighty, it's time for a tune, I think. And we'll take a breather and then we'll get Gerald Salente live from Kingston, New York State. What a, what a great guy he is. I'm not too bad myself. My name is Richie Allen. This is The Richie Allen Show. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get rid of the music, is what we'll do, right? And we'll take him in early. He is the he is the man behind one of the most important magazines you'll ever buy in your life, successfully predicting 
uh, geopolitical and economic trends for decades now. He probably won't appreciate me saying that. Last time he was on with us was uh, in the spring. There's no good reason for that. But uh, today's a great, to wel- a great day even to welcome back our friend, TrendsJournal.com, the one and only Mr. Gerald Salente. Gerald, welcome back. How are well, you? Thank you? Well, how am I? I'm not, not great. I'm very sad, you know, seeing the world, you know, uh, conditions and, and what's going on. It's one war after another, the COVID war, the Ukraine war, and now the Israeli war. You said it at the end of last year. You said it at the end of last year on this program, one of the top trends for 2023 was going to be more instability um, and serious escalation in the Middle East. And here, here we are today. Yep, it was one of our top trends for 2023, Middle East meltdown. Uh, again, you, know, you could see this coming. And uh, but nobody, you know, the, the media is just one sided and you're not allowed to say anything that um, offends Israel. Uh, this guy, this little clown of nothing, an arrogant little boy who loves war, a little war whore that they have in the media all the time, time in and time out. Little Lindsay, did you come out of the closet, Graham? <laughs> right, yeah. Yep, he comes out and he said, quote, we're in a religious war here. I'm with Israel. Okay, let's just stop that. We're in a religious war here? Where where are you talking about? Where are the here are you talking about? I'm not a a Jew. I'm not an Arab. I don't want to get involved in your religious wars. Oh, this is the America that slaughters people all over the world in the name of freedom and democracy, and now you're telling me that I have to get involved in a religious war? He goes, I'm with Israel. Hey, fat boy, you're with Israel? Go over there and fight. Go over there and fight. And oh, oh, and little Lindsay, little scumbag, and I'll call that to your face, you little warmongering freak. I don't want my money going to Israel every year, $3.8 billion in weapons to keep slaughtering these people. He goes on to say, do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Oh, do whatever the hell, you got it, hell, hell on earth. Oh, to defend yourself? The the Palestinians are not allowed to defend themselves. The Israelis could steal all the land that they want. What the hell's the matter with you, Salenti? This is a religious war. Don't you know uh, Moses came down with uh, 15 commandments and dropped five of them? I watched the movie, you know, whatever. You know, oh, and it it says all this land belongs to to the Jews. And oh, life began just around then. Oh, they found a skull, what, 300 million years old? Oh, no, no, no. It all began around then. And, and then he goes on to say, level the place. Oh, level the place. Slaughter all those innocent people that have been locked up by Israel in Gaza for 16 years. Can't go in, can't get out. How dare they fight back? How dare they? Here's what I don't understand. I had a British Palestinian on in the first hour. 
and don't start screaming at me now because we go back too long. So I, I think you'll know what I mean when I say this. Um, you, nobody is quicker than you to condemn the murder of civilians. So we'll leave that. We don't even need to touch that. That's fine. We're not going to do what aboutery. But Hamas scored a massive own goal last weekend, didn't it? In what it did. And it's 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 ultimately going to result in the carnage that you've just described there. So what's the what's the end game? What was the purpose? I don't get any of this. I'm not being I, sarcastic, so you help me out here. What was Hamas thinking? They've had again, they they they've they've if you were locked up for all these years you, you, oh, and by the way, you get the magazine, the Trends Journal. I do. We've been saying that this was going to happen, again, since the beginning of the year, when Netanyahu came in with the government that the mainstream media called right-wing extremists. Right? And week after week after week, we are reporting what is being reported about what that right-wing extremist government was doing to the Palestinian people. Killing, bombing, Jenin, one place after another. Meanwhile, with Netanyahu's Judicial Reform Act, hundreds of thousands of people were taking to the streets in Israel week after week after month after month in condemnation of his Judicial Reform Act, which basically said there is no court system, the politicians are in charge. That's right. And I'm doing this because they're going to bring me up on charges, Netanyahu, but if I'm prime minister and I'm in place, they can't touch me. And that's why we're pushing this act through. Not my language not my language, the language from the Jerusalem Post, the Times of Israel. Haaretz. Israel was in a civil war. So but now, that's all forgotten about it. Here, these are just a few of the articles. Israel continues Palestinian purge. This is August, this is from the magazine. 20, August 25th, 2020. Special report, the Gaza War, 18 May, 2021. Apartheid State of Israel clamping down on Palestinians, 26 April, 2022. That's right, an apartheid state, not my language, language coming from the United Nations, Human Rights Watch, one after another. Because what they did, they had that nation state thing that they did in 2018, where they said the Jewish people have rights over everybody else in Israel. Right. And there's you Arabs living over here, you don't count. Again, one article after another. Israel raids and ransacks human rights groups and church. Oh, this was only uh, August 23rd, 2022. Israel kills four Palestinian teens. Again, these are articles from the Trends Journal. October 1st, 2022. Top trend 2023. Middle East meltdown. Israel MP, you ready? Wants to wage war against Palestinians. This is January 10th, 2023. Top trends, 2023, Middle East meltdown. Israel ramps up deadly raids on Palestinians. Gunman retaliates in front of synagogue. 
January 2023. February 2023, Israel keeps killing Palestinians. February 28th, Middle East meltdown. Israeli settlers attack Palestinian villages in occupied West Bank. Oh, occupied West Bank? You mean you stole the land? Oh, that's like saying, oh, like America put sanctions on, uh, stole all Japanese assets. You could look it up. History Today on uh, July 1941, because those dirty Japanese invaded French Indochina. Oh, yeah, the French could go in there and Cambodia, Laos, uh, uh, Vietnam, steal all the rubber, the tin, murder the people. What do you mean occupied territory? This is against the United Nations. It's against the Geneva Convention. It's not, this is here. Israeli settlements are illegal under international law. They violate Article 49 of the Fourth Geneva Convention. The occupying power shall not deport or transfer parts of its own civilization, civil, civil, civilian population into territory it occupies. They can, how dare you condemn Israel for violating the Geneva Convention, Salenti? You must be an anti-Semite. Yeah. 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 Screw you, anybody that says that to me. Oh, by the way, the people running Israel are in Semites. The Palestinians it's, are. It's the They're Palestinians. from the Mesopotamia region. The people running Israel are Ashkenazi Jews from Eastern Europe. Oh, and by the way, three of my last four girlfriends were Jewish. And my best friends are, are Jewish. So don't call me an anti-Semite. I'm an anti-murderous I'm against murder. I launched Occupy Peace. I put my my money where my heart and soul are. I'm against America's wars. I'm against Israel wars. I'm against everybody's wars. Where, hey, hey, where are all you Jehovah Witnesses? Can't find you out there. How come you're not protesting for peace? Where are all the religions out there not calling for peace? Yeah. Um... And again, I could go on. I just read to you just a couple. Here, this is Israel carries out airstrikes on Gaza as tensions in region escalate. You know, and that was from the Trends Journal? That was recent. October 3rd. Yeah, October 3rd. October 3rd. Just a couple of days before what Hamas did. Israel ramps up killing spree. July 23rd, July 11th. As protests against judiciary reform escalate and its airport is shut down, Israel launches biggest military operation against Palestine in decades. 5 July 2023. Israel can kill anybody that they want. Shut the hell up, Salenti, because they'll probably kill you too. You said a few minutes ago, it's very important context this, you talked about the judicial reforms, the massive protests in the streets. And I saw you tweeting today and, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be an article in the, in the journal next week. Trendsjournal.com, folks. Subscribe to the journal. It's fantastic. Weekly. Tell me this. Um, so the Egyptians and U.S. intelligence, and this is official, are saying that they all but gave the entire operation to the Israeli authorities, the Hamas operation. So could it be possible then, as he's now got a unity government, Netanyahu, and he's now got a war cabinet. Could it be an own goal somehow? 
Could they have let this happen deliberately? Uh, yes. Yeah, in a nutshell. Because you go back to your trends journal. We wrote about this in the trends journal that they knew it was going on. This is before it was reported. We had articles in there. It was posted by Phil Giraldi in Facebook. And he said that Israel has the top intelligence operation in the world. Yeah. And they probably knew this was going to happen and they let it happen so that the provocations against the Judicial Reform Act would be forgotten. And, and again, we have it right there in writing before they admitted it now. Um, so, so it's not, you know, it's no, no news to us. No, I'm going to do, yeah, look, I can, I can buy that, but sometimes failings and failures do happen as well. I, I'll, I'll leave a little bit of room for that, uh, Gerald. Gerald Salente is on the programme. Nobody has been speaking on this programme, which goes back in one form or another to 2010. Nobody more than, than Gerald Salente. The Trends Journal is terrific. Trendsjournal.com, fantastic team of people. Kingston, New York, it's great to have you back, pal. It's been too long. Listeners are asking me, and you know the door's wide open to you anytime you want to come on, just come on. Um, here's one from, from Kooky, who, who I don't think is very kooky. Um, Gerald, and even you, Richie, would um, have applauded RFK Jr. for his work on vaccine injuries and for his work on free speech and uh, the First Amendment and all of that. Are you disappointed how vociferously he has lent his support to Israel? That's for you. I am. Very, 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 very disappointed in him. And I've made that known to his campaign manager, Dennis Kucinich. And I was, I, RFK Jr. actually called me um, about two months ago and I've spoken with him. I'm very disappointed with him and I may not support him because of this. Is it the case, because somebody that you, would have admired over the years and I would have spoken to her many times and you'd have, you, you've spoken to her many times, Cynthia McKinney. I'll never forget years ago, I think you might have made the connection actually, Cynthia came on and she talked about the pact, you know, the pact, um, whereby if you don't basically swear allegiance to Israel, your career in Congress or in the Senate is not going to last very long. And she had all, she had all the information, she had all the evidence. You see, I gave her a bit of a chasing. You know, you know what that means. You know what that means, of course, in journalism. So I chased her, and 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 and, but she stood up to it, and she had the answers. She was very good. Is there some part of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who is playing the game? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, I, I greatly admire him. I was at his. I was at his. Uh, I was invited down there last uh, Monday, this past Monday, when he announced he's running on an independent ticket. They they invited me down there. And I've been totally supportive of him. And by the way, as you well know, and everybody that subscribes to the magazine know, I said Kennedy would be the best candidate to run in 2024 back in 
December of 2022. The videos are there. I did one with Daniela Cambone on uh, Stansberry. It got 1.6 million views on January 4th, saying that the best ticket would be RFK Jr. for president. So I called it before he didn't announce it until April. So I called it first. And so I was I knew that the people wanted a real change. But this this is an article in today's Wall Street Journal. Blaming Israel for attacks sparks backlash across U.S. Why, how dare you? How dare you blame Israel for stealing all that Palestinian land, being in violation of the Geneva Convention and the United Nations one after another, and, and, and how dare you condemn them? Why, why you have no right. And this is, this is, like I said, it's the same crap would happen if you didn't swallow the crap they were selling out with the COVID war, if you don't support the Ukraine war, if you don't support the Israelis, well, you're just selling misinformation and you're a disgusting human being. I'm going to tell you something, man. What is it? You know, I'm not a Bible fan. You know, I don't believe in that stuff. You know, they make this stuff up as I see it. But they keep saying over and over that the end of life is going to happen when there's a, when the end of times, when there's a, and it's going to happen in, in Israel. We are on the verge of nuclear annihilation. Israel has, between the numbers of whoever you listen to, between 200 and 400 nuclear weapons. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And, and it's, it's okay nice. for Israel to have nuclear weapons, but those lousy Iranians, they shouldn't own them. I mean, this is, the, this, is the, this is the mental illness of everybody. Oh, they're better than everybody else? Oh, by the way, you read your Trends Journal again, and, and there's an article in, in, um, in this week's about um, Orthodox Jews spitting on Christians is, quote, a Jewish custom. Oh, that was, this, this was just before this happened. Where did that come from? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You look it up. You know, I'm not making this up. Oh, it just came out of, you know where we got this from? Jerusalem Post. From the Jerusalem Post. They were Post. even reporting on it. The Jerusalem Post is saying this evening that local reporters have confirmed that babies, I hate to even say this, that some babies were beheaded by these Hamas militants. That's hugely yeah. problematic if that happened, isn't it? It's well, let's let's go let's go to this one. Why don't you go to CNN? And CNN came out and said that um, Israel has not provided any information that that has happened. To substantiate it, yeah. That's right. And and so they're they're and again, this is the same thing they did when the United States went into. Um, the first Iraq war. In Kuwait, yeah. You remember, they sold the line that um, the, the uh, Iraqi soldiers were going into hospitals and stabbing babies that were just born. Remember that one? Yeah, throwing them out of incubators, yeah. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Throwing them out of incubators and stabbing them. Oh, no, who's that brought to you by? Oh, oh the girl, the little girl that was the 
that the daughter of the guy that was the uh, Kuwaiti ambassador. That's right. And it was James. a total lie. An absolute in lie. In the United States. Oh, and by the way, let's suppose the horror of what they did was actually true. That's okay. We'll just bomb them to death. Don't cut them. Don't cut their throats off. We'll just we'll just kill them by by uh, bombing them to death. You could bomb the kids to death. It's okay, but don't cut their throats off. And what hypocrisy? Dead is dead. Killing is killing. You kill them with a gun. You kill them with a knife. You kill them with a bomb. You're killing them. And Israel's killing people left and right, on and on and on with their bombardments. Gaza crisis grows under intense bombardment. CNN. How bad is it going to be in the next few days, do you think? This is going, I'm telling you, we are on the verge of nuclear annihilation. You have evil, demonic people in charge in a country near you. In every single country on planet Earth. Yep. Why are they acting in lockstep, Gerald? You and I had an argument about this years ago. We got heated, not that it matters, because both of us have got very thick skin. Why did they act in lockstep? Where's all of this coming from, really? It's coming from evil, demonic people. Why is a murderer a murderer? Why is a thief a thief? These are evil people in charge. End of story. They're not just front men and women for other people that are behind the scenes, no? I don't think so. I just think they're crazy people in charge. Again, I was in the system. I was the assistant to the secretary of the New York State Senate, 26 years old. And you ran campaigns, that's right? Yeah, I ran total, Westchester County, the richest county in America. I ran political campaigns. There's a picture of me picking up Ronald Reagan at the Chicago Hilton two days before he's announcing he's running against Gerald Ford. And I put on a brunch with 16 of our board of directors. I've been with presidents, prime ministers, and princes. It's a freak show. It's a freak show. Look what they did with this COVID war. I'm going to tell you something, Richie Allen. When you go out, I want you standing six feet away from the person in front of you. I know. So you don't get COVID. Because look, look, you little stupid jerk. You listen to me. I am your health minister. The wind blows exactly in straight lines every six feet. So you do what I tell you. And when you go into a restaurant, you make sure you wear that mask when you go in. Yeah. Well, you can take it off when you sit down. At the table, yeah. Because COVID knows when you're eating and drinking. And by the way, you stupid jerk, COVID does not go at table height. You can take your mask off then. And when you're in an airplane, you put that mask on and we'll throw you the hell off. But when you're eating and drinking, you can take the mask off. Because COVID knows when you're eating and drinking and it won't bother you. All right? Those are the people who are in charge. But who's worse? Those clowns or the people who we breathe the same air as who obeyed them? I, I still haven't figured out who's worse. What do you think? Oh, yeah, the people are responsible. Again, but this has been going on for centuries. Like I say, what's your favorite war? Well, I like the Peloponnesian War. Oh, no, I like the 100-day, 100, was it the 100-year war? Yeah. No, 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 the War of Roses. It was so lovely. 
What's your favorite crusade? Well, I like the seventh crusade. Well, the 15th crusade was a lot better than that one. But I like the third crusade. I mean, this stuff has been going on forever. And that's all this is. And again, that little piece of scum, little Lindsey Graham, calls it a religious war. What the hell am I involved in a religious war for? I don't believe in either of the religions. Oh, by the way, I started the church, the Universal Church of Freedom, Peace, and Justice. So you're not my religion. Oh, I'm not allowed to believe in my own religion. I got to believe in your religion. Why don't you go to hell? It's like you said, why doesn't he take a gun and stand the post in one of these wars he wants to wage? Why don't they pick a gun up and wear a, a uniform and have the courage to travel overseas and stand? And then you'd have respect for him. You'd say, right, he's a psychopath, but at least he's willing to put himself in danger. Yep. Absolutely. Lindsey Graham. Imagine he's still hanging around him, of all people. And they keep bringing, you know, I used to be on all the media one time. And they, and back in the day, they used to bring these trucks up with satellites, you know. And they brought one up to Kingston. And it was, oh, God, I forget when it was. It was about 2011. Yeah, that's right. The, because the, the um, uh, huh, they had me on and a CIA, ex-CIA guy. And it was when that Nobel Peace of Crap Prize when a Barack Obama was overthrowing the the, uh, the Gaddafi government. So here we are, we're having this discussion and all of a sudden, <laughs> remember they send it, the crew up here to Kingston. Oh, uh, we, we have to take a break now. We have Senator Lindsey Graham t- coming on now. What, they keep bringing this, this piece of crap clown on all the time. A little piece of scum crap. Who, who the hell is this little shithead? Yeah. A piece of scum crap and that's all they put up there. You know why? Because they're prostitutes. They're media whores that get paid to put out by their corporate pimps and their government whore masters. They're the ones in charge. Do we win before, um, before you get, get back to work? And thanks for coming back on today, by the way. It's great to have you back. It uh, really is. It's, uh, you're very important to the program, Gerald. Um, you really are, pal. It's uh, trendsjournal.com, folks. I don't recommend very much. You know that. But I recommend the journal. Um, it'll be a wise decision if you're not already subscribing, trendsjournal.com. Do, um, I'm asking this a lot lately. It might sound a bit silly. Do we win in the end? Is this a bad, dark time for us? Are we being tested? And ultimately, is there enough good in the world, in us, that eventually we'll get through this and there's some better way of living and some better place further down the line. What do you think? And we'll... If we don't stop these wars, it's going to be the end of life on Earth. They asked, World War III has begun. We said it when the Ukraine war began. They asked Albert Einstein, a cat that knew a thing or two about the atomic bomb. They asked him what kind of weapons will be used to fight the Third World War. He said, I don't know but they'll be using sticks and stones to fight the fourth. Yeah. You talked about Kennedy, uh, uh, RFK Jr. His uncle, John F. Kennedy, everybody should look up this speech. It's June 1963 to the graduating students at Washington, American University in Washington, D.C. It's all about peace. And he goes on to say, we should not hate the people in the Soviet Union. He said, more of them died than any other 
in any other country during World War II. Over 20 million is what he said. Actually, it's over 25 million. He said their houses, farms, factories were destroyed, the equivalent of Chicago to the East Coast. He said these aren't bad people. He said they're very educated scientifically, uh, 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 culturally, philosophically. He said we should not go to war against them because if we have a nuclear exchange with Russia, with the Soviet Union, he said life on Earth will be destroyed in 24 hours. Anybody can look this up. Remember, this is 1963, June. He ends it by saying the United States will never go into war again. Five months later, Jack, you're dead. They assassinate him. And eight months after that, we're into the Vietnam War. I'm mentioning it because, again, you asked me what is going to happen. And I'm saying it's going to be the end of life on Earth because we have maniacal, satanic people in charge of a government near you. And it will be the war that Albert Einstein said, after it's over, it'll be, you know, they'll be fighting the next one with sticks and stones. And Kennedy, again, said that life on Earth would be destroyed in 24 hours. And it would, it would destroy life on Earth for generations. So that's what, we're, that's what we're faced against. Oh, and all you people, don't forget to build your bomb shelters because life will be just wonderful after, the, after nuclear annihilation. You're going to have the party time of your life. I hope you're wrong. I know well, you, again, I know you hope you're wrong. If the people don't stand up and do something, it's finished. Where are the people out there for peace? I launched Occupy Peace. I had big rallies. I get no press coverage. I only had people like Scott Ritter, Judge Napolitano, only top people. No coverage at all. Not a peep about peace from any of these politicians. Not a peep. Not a peep. Oh, 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 and what religion do you believe in? What God do you believe in? Oh, I know. It's on all the American currencies, all the paper currencies. In God we trust. What God are you talking about? What God trusts war? You made a great point earlier on about the absence of religious leaders with anything to say about what's happening right now. It's an excellent point. Maybe people listening to this who do attend church on Saturday or on Sunday, maybe they'll ask their religious leaders, why are you so quiet when it comes to preaching uh, the gospel or the Torah or the Quran? Listen, um, great to have you back. Thanks again to Jane for organising it. You're incredibly busy. I appreciate it. Trendsjournal.com. Read the journal weekly. It's terrific. As are you, pal. Great to have you back on today. I hope you'll be back on very soon in the autumn. Thank you. I hope I'm alive and we all are, so I'll be back by then. Sounds great, Gerald. Have a great uh, weekend to come and thanks again for today. Gerald Salente on the Richie Allen Show, Thursday's edition, trendsjournal.com. Subscribe to the journal. It is really brilliant. I'm lucky enough they send me a copy every week. It's uh, 16 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Thursday's programme, back with you in about 30 seconds' time. Winter's on its way and so are colds, flu and other respiratory illness. <laughs> a robust immune system and vitamin D3 are your weapons in the 
fight to keep healthy when things get chilly. Immunex 365 vitamin capsules from NutraHealth 365 combine effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin to give your body that winter boost at just two capsules a day. Plus, for your peace of mind, all NutraHealth 365 orders come with free two-day track delivery. Visit NutraHealth365.com now and get winter ready. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support The Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk. Welcome back. Right to Stephen, who says, uh, always cheered up by Gerald. Uh, he cheers me up no end, he says. Thanks for that. Uh, G-Man says, sometimes we've got to crash and burn before rebuilding. Sarah says, maybe that's what the Great Reset is about. But you sent that a few minutes ago now, so I'm struggling, Sarah. But thank you. Joe asks, can you tell me, Richie, what you think about Saudi Arabia taking over our biggest sports events? Well, Joe, I don't think it's a great thing, really. But um, they've got the cash, don't they? They've got enormous um, financial resources. They can pay outrageous sums of money to boxers and to other sportsmen and women. I mean, the exodus of players, admittedly players coming to the end. I don't think there's too many soccer players in their prime in Saudi at the moment, but I'm sure you will correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm concerned by it, yeah. Uh, Thanks, Joe, I don't like it, I suppose. Uh, Tyson Fury is fighting an MMA guy whose first name is Francis, I think. A big heavyweight, isn't he? In Saudi Arabia. It's a circus, really. There's no rhyme or reason why Tyson Fury shouldn't beat the guy because it's Marcus of Queensbury rules. It's a bit of a circus. But he'll clear 100 million quid, apparently. I mean, Jesus, Mary and Holy St. Joseph. Uh, Patricia says, anyone who is threatened by truth is afraid to have Gerald on their broadcast. Thanks, Richie, for having him on. I've been a subscriber to the Trends Journal for several years and I highly recommend it, says uh, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Marco says, I do not blame the politicians for all the propaganda. That was their job. I blame the people for falling for the lies and not having any common sense to see through the lies. Now, I had a very interesting email today and it came in. It's a lovely email, very well written from Gary. I won't give Gary surname. Can I read it? Let me read it. Gary took umbrage with something I said the other evening about the Royal Ulster Constabulary as they were then. It's now the Police Service for Northern Ireland. But I'm going to read what Gary said, and I am not going to editorialise, dear listener. I do hope, though, that Gary might come on for a chat. Not for a, for, for, for a debate or an argument, but just for a chat, because I like it. Anyway, he says, Richie, a long-time listener, I love the shows you do. Don't agree with everything you say, but appreciate your fairness. I know you like to keep messages brief, so I'll try to keep it short. I must take you to task over something you said early this week when talking about my home, Northern Ireland. You stated that the Royal Ulster Constabulary was endemically corrupt, which I agree is your right to voice your opinion. This, however, irked me greatly as I served in the RUC for many years in both nationalist and loyalist areas during some of the dark years in the 80s and 90s. I served with many good men who, like me, didn't have a bigoted bone in their bodies, only wanting to do the job serving all the community in very difficult circumstances, with quite a few 
paying the ultimate price, including men I served with who didn't get home to see their families. In my time, I didn't even remotely see the endemic corruption you spoke about. Absolute rubbish. The situation in Northern Ireland in the Troubles was difficult, was great evil on both sides, but to characterise the RUC like that was wrong-headed and can only give succour and comfort to those who regard even now the RUC as a legitimate target for injury and murder. Again, I didn't like what you said, but I respect your right to say it as your opinion. Will it prevent me from listening to your show? Certainly not. On a lighter note, he says, good luck to Ireland against the All Blacks on Saturday. Regards, Gary. Thanks, Gary. I'll make no comment on that because that wouldn't be right. But if you'd like to come on the show to talk about it, I'd love to have you on. So I have your email address, so I'll drop you a line. Thank you, Gary. So we should have a mailbag segment. So if you ever take issue with something I say on the programme, do what Gary did, write me an email and we'll get you on. You know, if I say something that you've got intimate knowledge of, something that you've had experience of, I'll get you on. It'll make an an interesting, I reckon, feature for the programme. Very good. Excuse me. And Seamus Connolly has said, shame on you, Richie, for overlooking Jesse Lingard. Raise a talent in Saudi, or is he still on a trial? A uh, good point, because uh, Jesse is still kind of in his prime, isn't he? And he has been a very good player, even though he lost his way a little bit. Yes, he he's on trial with Stephen Gerrard's team. Don't ask me to name the team, because I don't know. I'm not paying too much attention to the names of the teams. But yeah, Jesse's out there, and apparently he scored in a setup game. They set up a practice game. And he scored in it. And apparently he's impressed Stephen Gerrard. So maybe uh, he might get a contract here. Thank you, Seamus. Uh, Tony says, I love Gerald. I always wait until he reaches the crescendo where his head falls off. Love it, says Tony. Thank you, Tony. Kieran says, Richie, I never catch the show live and therefore haven't been able to message you. Love it and listen every time, says Kieran. The last guy was absolutely brilliant and spot on the money. Great show, says Kieran. Thanks, Kieran. Gerald Salente is sincere. He's one of the most passionate blokes I've ever met, and he's as sincere a bloke as you'll ever meet. In my opinion, that is. Uh, that's my experience of him. Dean says, Richie, in my opinion, the atomic bomb nuclear threat is the biggest lie and hoax ever, says Dean. It's like the man in the old gangster movies with a loaded gun in his pocket when, in fact, it's just his index finger. It's another fear weapon the biggest one ever. I I'm I can see both of your points of view, Dean. Uh, I believe nuclear weapons are real. I believe they've got them these days. They've got them so potent that they could destroy entire cities. Just one bomb, and I mean major cities. Any proof, Richie? No, no. But I suspect they do, Dean. But I'm kind of with you when I don't see anybody using them. Now, I have said this to Gerald before. I didn't give him a pass tonight. I don't see anybody using any of these weapons. But then, I don't know. Mike says, breaking news story, UK sending Navy to the Eastern Med. Why, he asks. Who's reporting it, Mike? I'm just minutes away from coming off air today. So who's reporting this? Uh, The programme this week, by the way, brought to you by... NutraHealth365.com Get your immune system. Get it boosted. Get it um, 
I'm not going to say steroids because there's no steroids in these wonderfully natural products. But get yourself absolutely raring to go for winter. Nutrahealth365.com. Um, uh, great people there. Really good people. Uh, I can't find it. Oh, yes. Well done. It's just breaking. UK to deploy Royal Navy ships to support Israel. I mean, this is fucking outrageous, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, the Palestinians don't have an army. There is no standing Palestinian army. There is Hamas, of course. And how well manned uh, is Hamas, I don't know. But it isn't well manned or sufficiently manned is that we need a US and now a UK aircraft carrier or surveillance aircraft or Navy ships. I mean, this is fucking outrageous, isn't it? Excuse me, losing my fucking temper at the end of the programme. What the fuck is going on? Sunak says he hopes it will prevent further escalation. Oh, that sounds good. If you were going to impose a no-fly zone over Israel and tell Benjamin Nutty fucking Yahoo that we're going to impose a no-fly zone so that you cannot carpet bomb the Palestinians back to the year dot. But that's not going to happen. This is why, this is not why they're sending the Navy ships out there. They're not doing it to prevent further escalation. They're virtue signalling to their fucking Zionist controllers, aren't they? People like Sunak. How, how could they possibly justify? I mean, as bad as the UK media is, surely to Christ, tonight we'll get some pushback on Sky News or the BBC, he says, feeling like the most naive radio presenter in the country. As he says it. Where's the justification? Where's the justification? Israel gets three billion plus dollars a year from the United States. It gets hundreds of millions from the UK, from France. It's got the most sophisticated hardware. It's like David against Goliath. Goliath, even though Goliath, it's like David against Goliath, but Goliath doesn't have a sling and a fucking stone. He's got nothing. Not even a stick. That's what it's like. So... Overkill? No, no, there's something else going on here. Maybe Gerald Salente is right, maybe. Maybe they're going to try and spark some confrontation with Iran, maybe. And if that happens, well, maybe all bets are off the table then, I've no idea. Thanks for, for that, Mike, uh, for, for dropping that in on me. Uh, he got it from Reuters. Hmm. Hmm. That's astounding, isn't it? Sending surveillance aircraft and two Royal Navy ships to the Med to support Israel. And that's a direct quote. To support Israel. Against what? Against who? That's it for the programme. I'm back with you on Monday. Don't panic. At 5 o'clock UK time with next week's Richie Allen Show's but I'm doing the music show on Sunday morning, this Sunday, the 15th, is it? Yeah. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock UK time, Sunday morning melodies. I'll be here with a bag full of tunes, some interesting stories and a bit of crack. That's uh, how that show goes. Today, I don't know if this is ironic or not, I have no idea. I'm closing out today with Coldplay. Thanks to my guests, I really appreciate them. Uh, Professor Kamel Khawash, the British-Palestinian academic, thank you so much. And to Gerald Salente, uh, trendsjournal.com. 
And thank you for your messages, your comments, and for getting involved. If I don't see you on Sunday, I hope I will, by the way. We'll speak again on Monday. For me, it's enjoy your weekend then. You're supposed to be hearing music now. There you go. Speak soon. Bye.